Hello, welcome to this week's economics podcast, Mr. Pierce. Hope you are all fit well. Um, depending on when you're listening, enjoying some sort of um, sunshine. Um, there might be some light at the end of the tunnel, and we might be able to uh, see each other soon back at back at school if uh, if we're all safe and if there's uh, the measures in place. So fingers crossed. But in the meantime, I'll keep setting work um, via the emails and podcasts. Um, and I'll do the same thing as usual. So I'll give you some terms or some things I want you to do. Write them down, then stop the podcast, pause the podcast, do those, and then we'll go through uh, what you should have done. So I would like you to write down definitions for absolute and relative poverty. So what are the definitions of absolute and relative poverty? What is the definition of a progressive tax? With an example, um, draw a Lorenz curve, so label it as you as you would correctly, properly, label a Lorenz curve that shows perfect equality plus uh, a fairly equal nation against an unequal nation. So draw your Lorenz curve labelled equal against unequal nation. Um, and what does a Gini coefficient of zero mean? So absolute relative, absolute and relative poverty, progressive tax with an example, a Lorenz curve um, with some and lots of inequality, two different lines, and what does a Gini coefficient of zero mean? So if you pause, stop now and write answers for those, please. Okay, hopefully you have written down your answers, definitions for those. First of all, we've got our two poverties. You've got absolute poverty, which is where you can't access basic things. Uh, as we said when we went through it last week, that might mean different things in different countries you don't have access to the basics. Um, so in sub-Saharan Africa, that might mean you don't have access to water. Um, in Britain, you could argue not having access to a smartphone is absolute poverty because you can't get jobs, benefits and things like that. Relative poverty is a specific uh, number. It is 60% of the median income. So if your household, if you're earning 60% of the median income, you are in relative poverty. So relative poverty in the UK is obviously um, much higher than absolute, although there is some absolute poverty, very, very little, but there is some absolute poverty in Britain. Um, progressive tax. These are taxes that as your income goes up, you pay more as a percentage. Uh, income tax is a progressive tax. So the first £12,500 uh, now is tax free, your tax free allowance. Uh, and then it's there's blocks of money where you're charged at 20%, 30%, 40% as it goes up. So the highest bracket being um, if you earn over £150,000, anything over £150,000 is taxed currently at uh, 45%. Uh, the Lorenz curve drawing, so you should have on your axis percentage of population and percentage of income. You should then have a straight line going from the bottom left origin across so at a 45 degree angle, that shows perfect equality. Uh, and that should make sense. So if you go along at the bottom, however, which, whichever way around you've, you've done your axis, if you go along at the bottom, 20% of the income go up. It's a direct equivalent, goes to 20% of the population. Um, so if, you, if you've got a Lorenz curve drawn like that, you've done it correctly. And then you should have two lines. If you've got a line sort of uh, bowing out from... The, the origin should join up at the top of the line. The closer it is to that line of inequality, equality, sorry, that we just discussed, um, then the more equal you are. 
So the one that only bows slightly from the equality line would be an, an, a more equal country, the Scandinavian countries. Then if you've got a line that bows out further, that is further away, that is higher inequality. So uh, Britain, America, not as equal. You've got more equality there. Uh, link to that. Let's have a sip of coffee. Keep going. Um, a Gini coefficient of zero. A Gini coefficient is a measure of inequality in a country. If it's zero, that would be perfect equality. So zero means you would be on that equality line on the Lorenz curve, all the way up to one. And if it's one, that means um, it is perfectly unequal. It means one person would have all of the income. Fairly unlikely, but, um, you know, pretty unlikely, but it obviously uh, could happen, I suppose. Right. Uh, last week, you should have looked at a question on inequality, the, the data response. Remember, with all data responses, the data is king, the case study is king. That's where you get your, uh, your, your answers from. Um, and I asked you to look at the 25 mark question, which was using the data in the extracts and economic knowledge, assess the view that inequality is good for us all. Okay, fairly, I would normally say, and still would, sort of translate, reword the question. That's a pretty, pretty obvious question. Inequality, good, bad. Okay, so in your, in your 30 minutes in an exam situation, you would think of, right, what diagrams am I going to draw? What main points am I going to make? Uh, and both of those should come from looking at the extract. Um, so you're basically looking at the good about inequality and the bad about inequality. Um, now, luckily, the extracts are so obvious. Extract E says in favour of inequality. Extract F says against inequality. Um, so lo and behold, each of those does the work for you. Okay, um, you, you can't, especially with data response, you can't go into the exam thinking, oh, I really want to write about this point. If it's not mentioned in the data, you don't do it. You follow what the data tells you. So in favour of inequality, um, for that, that extract, um, where we line six, I think it is. So, yeah, the second paragraph. It has been argued by the supporters of free market capitalism that growing inequality would create incentives, kickstart enterprise, boost growth, and is good for us all. That There are others, obviously, but that is the key sentence. Um, so incentive is the key word for this. Why is inequality good? It provides an incentive. People work harder. Productivity might go up. Um, you would get the rewards in, in income. Uh, mentions growth growth there, so obviously that would boost the mentioned productivity. That would boost economic growth. That is your main argument um, for inequality. Inequality is good because it provides incentive. And then you work your answer around uh, around that point. You've then got extract F, which is against uh, inequality. Um, and it mentions in, in this extract, it talks about deflation, it talks about bubbles, it talks about concentrations of power, uh, but all of those things could be discussed. Um, so deflation, obviously, if people haven't got money because of inequality linked to the poverty that we discussed uh, last week, that might cause deflation, which causes problems. You've got the, the Lorenz curve, which you can draw if people are, are poor, the concentration of power. Um, very interestingly, what's going on at the moment, keep an eye on you know who and who isn't going back to work in terms of, of inequality. So um, when the Prime Minister announced that the first sort of phasing down um, of lockdown, it was 
if you are able to work at home if you're able to work at home that means you probably work on a computer that pretty means you're on a more middling income job you stay at home safe and away from the virus if you were able to go back to work which might be more um, manual jobs which might be, might be more service-based jobs he said go back to work so that is a, a clear distinction in terms um, of the the inequality um, so I won't discuss because uh, I, I hopefully you've you've been sending in your plans and I, I will have fed back individually so I won't go too much more into those but that's the type of thing you should have been discussing in your answers you should have let the data guide you there are other points you can bring in but always let the data um, guide you Right, linked to that, um, what I want you to look at this week, and this will be linked in, um, in the email, um, is wealth inequality. So we discussed income inequality last week. There are obviously a slight difference between income and wealth. Um, income is a flow. So income is, for me, it's my, my wage. If you earn any interest on savings and things in, in your, from your bank, if you... Um, own a second property and, and get rent in that would be an income it's a regular flow of earnings uh, wealth is your fixed stock of assets so wealth is fixed hopefully you can guess what most people's biggest asset in this country is if you are lucky enough to own your own home then that is most people's biggest asset um, and the housing market is you know it will go down at the moment during the, the coronavirus crisis but in general, over the last 30, 40, 50 years in Britain, house prices have been surging upwards. So that is that uh, makes people feel wealthy, the wealth effect. Uh, house prices are the best example of the wealth effect. Um, you can't really do much about it. So hopefully you come across when doing your housing projects, equity release, which means if you bought a house for £100,000, it's now worth £200,000. You can take some of the value out of that house. But for most people who don't do that, um, it just makes them feel wealthier, Keynesian animal spirits, and then they you know, might, might go and spend um, more money. But houses are most people's, if they're lucky enough to own a house, is their biggest asset. But also things, uh, if, you, if you own shares, that is obviously um, uh, an asset in, in wealth. Um, pensions, so I've got a private pension, I've got my teacher's pension, I can't access it until I, until I retire. You've got things like that. And then obviously all of your belongings, so if people own cars, if they own you know, boats, if they're the super rich and yachts and things. But the biggest things people are going to own are houses in terms of assets, their possessions, uh, maybe a pension, maybe some shares. So wealth inequality in Britain is bigger uh, than income inequality. It's far bigger. So uh, wealth is concentrated in this country in far fewer hands. And that's been progressively getting worse over the last few years. Uh, American president of the 1980s, Ronald Reagan, talked about probably more for um, income inequality, talked about trickle-down effects, which was the idea that if rich people are very rich, they spend more money, which trickles down to people in terms of more jobs and things uh, lower down the income chain. Um, not hugely true, mainly because of the uh, marginal propensity to consume. That means marginal addition, propensity, likelihood to consume is you spending. Um, the marginal propensity to consume for very rich people is lower than for very poor people, i.e. if you give £10 to a millionaire, they will save it and put it in the bank. If you give £10 to someone who is homeless, they will buy food, they'll have to spend it. But the idea of the trickle-down effect was that rich people spend money and then this um, benefits everyone. 
So wealth inequality is pretty big in this country. What are the ways to stop it? So mentioning the things we've looked at, shares, um, you, you can look at something called capital gains tax. So that is a tax on any difference. So if I bought a share for £20 and then the, then I sell it in a couple of years' time for £30, capital gains tax taxes that £10 additional earnings. So obviously that would um, cut down on the wealth inequality. In terms of housing, um, obviously you can provide council housing, you could subsidise housing, or you can tax when people sell their houses. So again, if, if you buy a house for £200,000 and you sell it for £300,000, you could tax the difference, uh, the, the rise in value that has happened. These are all ways of, of, of obviously taking the money from the people that have the wealth. Um, but by, by far the biggest, best way, but also by far the most unpopular way of solving wealth inequality is to raise inheritance tax. Um, inheritance tax is very unpopular. Personally, I'm not entirely sure why, by definition. You haven't earned that money. You're getting it from someone else. Um, but inheritance tax at the moment in this country, uh, I think it's something like 500 or 600,000 pounds is untaxed. So if your wealth is of half a million pound, under half a million pound, you will not face any inheritance tax. Equally, if uh, so, like you know, me, if me and my wife die, I think it's something like five or ten years apart from each other, or whatever age, um, you can combine wealth, and you wouldn't pay it. So if you were lucky enough to have a house worth a million pounds, you wouldn't have to pay any inheritance tax if you died within ten years of your partner. So it actually turns out it's about seven to nine percent um, of people that, that die pay inheritance tax. Nobody else does. Um, and then it's worked in a, in a progressive staggered way. So if you um, have an asset of £1.1 million, you would only pay the inheritance tax on the £100,000 above the threshold if you combine it with your partner. Um, so that is a way of doing it. And then obviously you can redistribute wealth as well. So that might be in the forms of uh, maybe one-off payments, especially in the form of housing. But if you're going to stop wealth inequality, you either obviously need to take some from the, the richest, the wealthiest, or give some wealth to the poorest um, that don't that don't necessarily have any wealth. Um, so I will put in the the link to uh, the email, the link to uh, Economics Online, for you to do some research and your own work on wealth inequality. Um, wealth inequality and how to um, stop it. So that is going to be your, your first task this week. Your second task um, is going to be to complete a sheet called application practice on gambling. Now I'm big on application, it's where students lose marks, it's actually what they're testing. You know you're going to go away, you learn your diagrams, you learn your definitions and your terminology, you'll all be brilliant at that. The key and the skill is being able to apply it to whatever scenario uh, they put in front of you. So in the sheet you're going to do this week, it's on um, gambling. Okay, so you've got um, extract D is a table of, of numbers, bingo, casinos, national lottery, um, and then how much is spent on it or the income from it. Then you've got a couple of paragraphs that I want you to read. Um, and then you're going to answer some questions on it. Okay, so you read the case study, the extracts, and the first thing it says, it says read the case study and pick out at least five economic terms you should then define these. So some of those are macro terms, that's fine. 
but you read the extract, anything that is an economics term, micro or macro, you write it down and then write a definition for it. Then says, what market failure is gambling? Draw the diagram. Um, now you can work that out. You should know. Uh, so what, which of the, the market failures and, and which of the diagrams are you going to use? Make sure it's the, specifically the right one. What is gambling in terms of a market failure? Uh, what do you think the elasticity of demand for gambling is like and why? So is it elastic, inelastic? Give me a number um, for the elasticity and then explain why. Think back to the determinants of the elasticity and why you think gambling is what it is in terms of elasticity. Then it says which of the strips or government interventions mentioned in the case study and how could they specifically work in gambling? So the strips, state provision, tax, regulation, information, pollution permit, uh, subsidy. Uh, nearly forgot. Um, it mentions, and remember what I just said about going through the inequalities question from last week, you use the policies that the case study gives you. You don't go off on a tangent and choose your own ones. You use the ones that are given here. Um, so which strips are mentioned? And then specifically, how can they relate to gambling? So you can't just say tax. Tax what? Who are you taxing? Where are you taxing? You can't just say regulate. How would you regulate? Obviously, the most obvious regulation at the moment in gambling is age restrictions but are there any others so make sure it's very applied and very specific to gambling the strips that you look at um, the next question is work out the percentage change in the forms of gambling from the table so in the table it's got bingo casinos national lottery it, you've got a number from 2008-9 and it goes all the way from a number to 2014-15 i want you to work out the percentage change for each of the three uh, just comparing 2008-9 to 2014-15. Uh, and remember your percentages, it's key, you'll have to do percentages in your exams. Difference divided by original times 100. So the difference between the two numbers, divide that by the first original number times it by 100. And then the last question, uh, using the case study, write a potential 25 mark question you could be asked. Think of the topic in the case study, obviously you would have just, you've just answered some questions on it. Once you have the question, create a plan of how to answer it. So look at other 25 mark questions perhaps, but it's fairly obvious. Um, so I want you to write a potential, and you can write it shorthand if you want, in sort of note format, write a potential 25 mark question and then a plan. Okay, so uh, what, what diagrams, what quotes, what policies would you use um, for, each, for each bit? Okay. Uh, so just to recap, this will all be in the email. You should make notes on wealth and wealth inequality from Economics Online or any other source. I'll, I'll give a link in the email. Mm -hmm. Complete the gambling sheet. And the gambling sheet includes a, a link. Uh, sorry, the gambling sheet includes a, a plan that you should do for the 25 mark question. And I will also put a link in the email um, that you should answer have a go at the tutor to you uh, news quiz so i'll put the tutor to you news quiz link in you should be watching the news and keeping up to date with everything that's going on anyway but there are your three tasks the gambling sheet with a question plan uh, the economics online wealth inequality notes and the tutor to you uh, news quiz so until next time uh, email me any work and i'll be obviously happy to mark and feedback to keep you up to date